We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tyler Evans, thanks for the super chat. I've been a dad for almost a year. Where has the time gone? But as dad, what ha- what was great advice your dad gave you, and it still sticks with you? Well, I I I can't give you any dad advice that I got because I'm unfortunately not a dad. Well, just advice from your but dad for the, life. The I biggest think. things, the two things to me that my dad instilled in me was just if you want something, work for it. Don't let anybody tell you you can't accomplish things that you want to accomplish. If you believe in yourself, work for it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you'll never look back and say, I didn't try. Yeah. And so a lot of my success to me comes from having parents that were very supportive of shooting for the stars. And, and, uh, but also let me know that, but if you want that, just know it comes with, you got to work for it. And that's the big thing is you got to work for it. And the, the best advice I ever gave, he ever gave me as a, as a, as a husband is the day that I got married, we were kind of getting ready to leave and head down to Cincinnati. And my dad put his arm around me and he pointed to my wife and he said, that's your family now, you know, and I'm very close with my parents, but his, his thing was, that is your top priority. Now honoring her, loving her, protecting her, building her up, being a, a man, for her being the man for her being a husband for her and all that that entails from what I was taught that that means, right? Not that my wife isn't smart or intelligent or capable to take care of herself. It's not that like my wife. Now I got her trained pretty good Vince, but she will walk up to a door, wait for me to open the door for her, for her. I have a very strong and you've met my wife. She's a very dominant personality. It's not because she's not capable of opening the door herself. She's more than capable of it. It's about honor and respect and care. You know what I mean? Let me do this for you because I love you, because I support you, because you deserve it, you know what I mean, to have this door open for you. And so just things like that that my dad taught me that you know that's your top priority. You could be great. If you're great at your job, but you're not a great husband, you're not a man. Right. If you have all these fans to support you at Irish Breakdown and all these things, but you're not a husband, you're not you're not a good husband. 
you're not a real man. It doesn't matter, right? Being a, it, but at the same time, if you're barely scraping by and working your butt off just to barely pay the bills, but you are a loving, supportive, honoring your wife, honoring God husband, then you found success in life. That's what I was raised, taught by my dad is that that's what defines you as a man. Not how much money you make, not by what job you do, but are you a, a good husband and what being a good husband entails? Yes. That was the biggest thing for me. So that would be mine. The best advice I ever got from my dad was that right there. I would like my dad was never the kind of guy that would sit down and like give advice. It was more of a do as I do kind of a thing. Like my dad growing up, he worked multiple jobs and he was working his butt off and he wasn't around as much as we would have liked because he was working to give us the life that we had. Right. And so I got my work ethic from my dad. There is no doubt about that. Uh, and then the other thing I got from my dad was he never actually said this. But you could just see it in the way that he lived his life. It's be yourself. Just be unapologetically you. Don't, you know, cut through the BS. Don't try to be somebody that you're not because it's a waste of time. Like my dad didn't have a whole lot of extra time, you know, in his day. And so who, what my dad was is what you got, man. And that's how I try to live my life too. Like Brian will tell you the way I am on, on the show, like that, that's me. Like I, there is no you know, ulterior motive. There's nothing like that. Like when I'm at school, like this is me. Um, I try to just be myself. And that's what I try to tell my kids too. Like, if you want to be an athlete, be an athlete. You want to be in the band, be in the band. Like just be you, but just be a successful you, whatever you're going to do, go all in and be you. Like I will support you a thousand percent, but go be you. And I think that's important. I, I see too many dads, too many parents try to pigeonhole their kids to do stuff maybe that they didn't do or try to live through their kid vicariously. I'll admit I live through my kid vicariously through his successes or, or her successes or things like that. Like that's part of the great part about being a parent, but don't steer your kid to be something that they're not, you know, go all in on something that they want to be and, but don't steer them where they don't want to go. And that's a very difficult thing to do as a parent or not to do as a parent. It is. It is tough because you think that you know what is best for your kid. and But if you st if you push them too hard, if you try to move their rudder too hard, it's going to backfire. So you got to walk that fine line, and that's not easy. So just be yourself. Allow your kids to be themselves yeah. as well. Because you can allow – it's like with coaching. You can allow a kid to be himself and still make sure that you're teaching them the right things. Absolutely. Right? It, because like you said, you have five kids, Vince. They're all going to have different – you have twins. They have oh, different yeah. personalities. Oh, yeah. Right? And yep. and so it's like not trying to make her Lily like, you know, the other one, right? It's yeah. it's be yourself, but here's the things that I demand as your dad that Absolutely. you are this kind of person. 100%. Right. It's 100%. Right. I mean, 100%. Right. That's why we don't go get crop tops. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Because right. that's our – that's a family thing, Okay. And, but you know, still be yourself, right? But you can be yourself all covered right. up, right? You know what I'm saying? But like, Brandon had a comment, he says, Sounds like she's got you trained. <laughs> well, I mean, it's okay though. But that That's, was a that and, was a, a thing for her, like early in our marriage. It was like, it, it was, it was a bone of contention because she's like, sure. I can open the door myself. And I said, I know I wouldn't have married you if you weren't capable of opening <laughs> a door for yourself, right? Like, your independence and your, you know, your strength, your. 
that's all. Those are all things that uh, were attractive to me. I, I, sure. I just was never attracted by like needy people, right. you know, just like I need you to do it. No, I, don't, I don't want you to need me to do all those things. I want you to respect me because I do. Right. You know what I mean? And I, and Absolutely. I do them because I care, not because I don't think you're capable of it. You know right. what I mean? Yep. I, I grew up around strong women, but I grew up around strong women that were still, you know, had, had men in their lives that, you know, did what I think a man is supposed to do. And right. this, you know, the, the way that some people portray it, Oh, you just want your wife. This. And I'm like, no, actually she wants that more than I do. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's like I said, my, it's your job to honor, protect, cherish, right. uplift, build up, but there's also support, right? Like if my wife works, she works because she wants to work, not because she has to. That's, that's that to me, just how I was raised is something that, now, but that's not because it's, my mom has worked my whole life. My mom and dad run their business together, but that's, you know, it's what they choose to do. Sure. And so, uh, but that's all part of it. And it's something I take a great pride in. Is oh, like, me too. Look, you know, it, it's one of the reasons I those work. people that God yeah. gave me, right? Like, exactly. I mean, whether it's my dogs or and ask <clears> Angela <throat> about the pit bull I got in a fight with. My last piece of advice uh, I also got from my dad, though, is let your kids fail. Let mm -hmm. them fail. You can learn more through failure than you can through success. I'm telling you, it sucks yeah. in the moment. It absolutely yep. sucks in the moment. My kid missed a game-winning field goal in the playoffs. Nope. Now, there was a lot of things surrounding it, but he it missed. Bottom line, it missed. And to watch him have to go through that and deal with that. and But the way, like, I've never seen him work harder yeah. since that moment. Oh, he's Until been a man now. possessed his offseason. Yeah. I still think it's messed up you made him walk home, though, after that game. That's still <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. He no, didn't really do that. but like it, but you again, you can learn more from sure. your failures than you can from sure. like he found out who supported him after that game. I mean, head coach called the next morning to talk to him, yeah. like, which was huge. When you like, told me that, man, that made me respect the head coach a lot. Man, it's like I told and I told him, I was like, dude, you have no idea. Like kid will never tell me and he'll never say it but like that made all the difference in the world yeah. and that kid has worked his tail off since yep. then so i'm just saying you can learn more from failures than you can from success yeah period yep. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ben, let's see here. What young and incoming talent is on your watch list for spring and Man, summer? Bro, that's going to be like 13 shows this spring and <laughs> summer. Don't but steal our quickly thunder. off top of my head, incoming talent. Uh, obviously, I'm really looking more, very much looking forward to the to the transfers, uh, the two receivers, Bo Collins and Chris Mitchell, plus Riley Leonard. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they add to the re- receiver room and quarterback room. Because like, even if they don't play a ton and catch a ton of balls, it means other. It's because other guys stepped up to the challenge. You know what I mean? So like, if Bo Collins is not a starter, and Deion Colsey is, it means Bo's presence finally got Deion to kind of get to where he needed to get to. Yeah. Same thing with Chris Mitchell. And, and so those type of things, you know, RJ Oben, you know, young players and I'm looking incoming freshmen. We've already talked a lot about, but some sure. of the young players, Josh Burnham's one that I'm very much looking forward to. Can he take that jump next year? Can Bubakar take a jump next year? We talked a lot about the linebackers, Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury. I'm very excited to see them. And, and look, Preston Zender is going to play at Notre Dame someday. I don't know where, I don't know if it's going to be linebacker, Viper, H back. I don't know, but that kid's just going to be too hard to keep off the field. I just have, you know, I'm just, I'm, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he develops as a player. Micah Bell, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he kind of develops as a player with a year of Michael, Mike Mickens under his belt. You know, obviously Christian Gray, Adon Schuler's a guy that I'm really excited to see this offseason. You know, he's another one. So they're, they're, and then of course, all the young linemen, just the big, massive, really talented young linemen. Like when so do many, they become, yeah. you know, from not just Billy Shrouse class, but he's part of it, but then also the younger Jagasaw, Absher, Pendleton. You know, Joe Odding, Ashton Craig, Billy Shrouth, Gerby Lambert, Styles Prescott. Like, I'm just seeing how those kids develop over the next couple of years. But more so for just this upcoming year, it's, you know, can Jagasaw take that jump? Can Billy Shrouth take that jump? Can Ashton Craig take that jump? Yeah. Those are all. And, and then, of course, the Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, you know, the guys that are already playing. You know, what kind of jumps do they have? Because, man, I'm telling you, Vince, I, I'm just excited about what this team can be. Oh, There's absolutely. so much talent. It's just they're going to yeah. be young, though. Right. That's going to be the challenge. They are. They're going to be super talented, but they're going to make young kid mistakes. And so you have to weigh those mistakes, you know, versus what they bring from an upside standpoint. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm very, 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 very excited about 24. But then 25 is also like, yeah. you know, <laughs> very yeah. excited about that year, too. You know? Yep. No. This is one of the weirdest questions we've gotten in a long time, but Not I'm like bring weird. it up anyway. Why not? Irish English says, was it or was it not Ryan's burner account that suggested on the board that we have a show devoted to which IB employee was most attract most attractive? Yeah. Ooh. I do not remember that question on the board. <clears throat> and I don't think it's appropriate for us to have that show because I don't want to <laughs> hear everyone talking about how attractive I am because I'm winning that battle. Um, we are not an attractive group of people. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> And yeah, I'm okay def- with it. It's definitely not Ryan because you have to be able to actually grow a beard to be considered Ooh. attractive as a man. You don't have to have one, but you have to be able yeah. to grow one. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not having that conversation. Um, but the answer is me. I mean, that's yeah. clearly me. <laughs> <laughs> there's some people who listen to this that probably think I'm serious, and I'm oh, not even fantastic. kind of being serious. But that's, that's so an great. interesting question. That's a very yeah. interesting question. Yeah, USMA, I love this response. Of course, Brian, that show would be so boring. Yes, agree. <laughs> Vince the Italian Stallion. Love it. Hey, let's love put it, it this way. There's a my my wife 
I, there's a reason I proposed to her while we were still in college, okay? Because I knew that the coverage was outkicked uh, in a oh, massive sure. way. So they, sure. the was... second that I thought Angela might say yes, I was like, yep, exactly. I'm locking <laughs> this one into a long-term contract. There's no <laughs> doubt about that before she 100%. comes to her senses. hundred yeah, no percent. There's doubt. no doubt no about doubt. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are, I mean, I've, I've seen Sean Davis's wife. I've seen, I've seen Ryan's wife and your <laughs> wife. I've never met Sean Steyer's wife. Uh, but I'll just say this. We have a, I know for a fact that all the dudes that I'd be have game <laughs> because all of our spouses are better looking than we are. And the same goes They're, for Sean. The, the same goes I, for Sean. Yeah, I've met her. So I, I don't I know. Have. I, she's a yeah. wonderful, wonderful lady. Yeah. But same goes for Sean. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we are, we all have game because we all have much better looking, smarter wives than we are. <laughs> yes. Facts. So yes. Yeah. There's no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Oh, so great. Christopher Crosby, do you think the new OC will put a stop to the constant substitutions on offense? They make no sense and give the opposing defense a chance to substitute as well and match personnel. I sure hope so. Look, substituting is good. Substituting within series is good. They went way too far with way it. Way overboard. Yes. Agreed. Like way too far with it. Yes. Like it's one thing like they were substituting between personnel groups. They would substitute new guys in in 12 personnel and still stay in 12 personnel. Right, right. You know, Why? it's like, uh, what are we doing here? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, agreed. It just, it's just, and it, and it threw off what I felt like the offensive rhythm too, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just did. And and we talked about, I think it was you and I that talked about it yesterday. Uh, you know, it would have been Tuesday because we were talking about the offense. You know, we talked about Sam Hartman, right? And and getting his familiarity with the with the receivers and the comfortability right. and all that and when you're changing personnel as much as Notre Dame did last year that doesn't help yeah that doesn't I mean help. I want to see five receivers five six receivers play I want to see sure. three tight ends play I want to see three backs play it, you know but there's a way to do it a right and right. a wrong way to do it and I don't know that they did it the right way this right. year agreed I, I really don't uh, yeah. Brandon just said but Vince we just talked about how well you're aging <laughs> we did we did it's a good point that's a very good point. So well. Uh, Christopher says, who wins the natty? Please say you dub. I hope it's you, Washington. I mean, look, I, I think it's it's going to come down to Washington as a really good offensive line yep. that's really good at protecting the quarterback against a Michigan defense that's really good at disrupting the quarterback. Right, Not so much a lot of sacks. They didn't have a ton of sacks this year, but they're very good at disruptions, like we talked about with Notre Dame yesterday. Um, you know, Washington's a great receiving core. Michigan's got a pretty good secondary. I think in that matchup, the secondary is not as good as the Washington receivers, but you know, we'll, we'll see. And then you've got a Michigan offense. that's kind of struggled. And I was explaining this to my buddies, like, you know, do you think Washington's defense can stop Michigan? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, what makes you think that is because Michigan's offense has not been that good. I'm not saying they're going to hold them to three points, but I mean, I mean, have you watched Michigan the last month and a half? I mean, Michigan has not had 400 yards in a game since November 4th against Purdue. Their like their highest yardage output was five 351 against Bama. He's like, yeah, but they run the ball really well. I was like, no, they don't. You're still living in the past that Michigan is who they were the previous two years. They only averaged 159 yards a game this year rushing. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, Blake Corm averaged 4.7 yards a carry. Blake Donovan Edwards is a five 3.5. You know, so. Well, have they played any good rushing teams? I was like, tell me you haven't watched Washington with by without telling me I haven't watched Washington. Watch Washington. You know, like Oregon twice, you know, Utah. So, you know, there's there's definitely so I, to me, it it's gonna be a good game. <clears throat> Michigan can win this game. Sure. They can. 
Sure, they can. Washington win this game. I think Washington's the better team, and I've been I felt that way all year. Well, I think I, I'm not sure where to put this number, but initially my first gut was first team to 30 is going to win this game. Like that's my first gut. That's my first gut reaction to that. You know, could it be Michigan with some turnovers and some things of that nature? Sure. Uh, or could it be Washington's offense just having a day? Yeah, it could be. I just I just feel like first team to 30 wins the game. I don't think it's going to be a super high scoring game, but I think Washington can get to 31st and I think that they can win this game. That that that's my gut reaction to this matchup. I dig it. The history expert hypothetical. It's January 2023. Notre Dame goes after and hires Mike Denbrock as the new offensive coordinator. What is Notre Dame's final record? I think Notre Dame goes, I'm going to say 11 and 1. Uh, oh, but to say 12 and 1 because of the bowl game, I suppose. 12 and 1 beating uh, Ohio State and Clemson, but still losing to Louisville. I actually think in that scenario, the team, Notre Dame would have gone, if, if Notre Dame went 11 and 1 in that scenario, I think the loss would have been to Duke not Ohio State or Louisville, just because I think the dynamic of the team would have been different. I, I mean, I'm, okay, I'm 11 and one, that's that's fine. I, yeah, it, it, there's just so many things that would factor into that. You know, do guys stay healthy? Sure. If Mike Denbrock's hired on Janu- in January, do they do they go for Sam Hartman? Do they go for somebody else? I, there's just so many answers to the, so many questions I don't have answers for. Do I think Notre Dame would have been better on the on offense this year with Mike Dembrock? Sure, I do. And and that's no shot at Jared Parker. Vince, you know I'm higher on Jared Parker than most, but Mike Dembrock's an established coach. Sure. Would Mike Dembrock have brought as much excitement? I'll just say this. I don't know what their record would have been this year. I'm actually glad it didn't play out the way that it did. Because you all know how high I am on Mike Dembrock. I've, I mean, Vince, how long have we praised Mike Dembrock on this show? Mm-hmm and defended the job he did in 15, say, hey, look, they were good enough to compete for a championship in 2015 on offense. And one of the things I used to crush Brian Kelly for was taking some of that authority away from Mike Denbrock and giving more of it to Mike Sanford. Having said that, to me, the way it happened this way, Vince, where Denbrock went out and led the LSU yeah. offense to the heights they did this year, yeah. Heisman Trophy, he brings so much more national yes, gravitas. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And recruiting because of the success they did <laughs> that he wouldn't have had coming off of last year. I don't think, like, when they were doing the, the offensive coordinator search last year, how, and I, this is a legitimate question. I'm not just, this is not hyperbolic. How many times did you hear Mike Denbrock's name brought up as somebody that fans wanted to come back to Notre Dame? Uh, there were some, but it wasn't as many. It wasn't the groundswell that there was yeah. this time around. Right. And, and so I, I agree with you that it would not have been, quote unquote, on the outside as big of a hire as it was during this cycle. Yeah, You know what I mean? I mean, the offense that he put together this year and having the Heisman Trophy winner and, you know, all of that, that's that upped his stock, I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. I still think Mike Denbrock is Mike Denbrock. I mean, I still right. think he probably would have done a fantastic Our job. opinions of Mike Denbrock yeah. did not change this year. No. It was like, well, yeah, no. we've seen him yeah. put pretty darn good offenses on the field right. before, and he had pretty good talent this year. I mean, right. elite receiving core, a heck of a quarterback, a really good offensive line. I mean, yeah. But I, sure. I do I do feel like the praise that Marcus Freeman is getting for going 100%. after him and the manner in which he went after him it would have been different if he went after him last year as opposed to this year. People, If he would have been made the highest-paid coordinator in college football last year, people would have been like, what? 
Really? Yeah, exactly. Why? 100%. Now, I'm not saying they're just a, that would have been justified. Vince. Right. I, I mean, you and I'd have been like, hey, man, do what you got to do to make it happen. This right. guy's a good a good football coach. But that would have been the perception would have been different. Perception. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's with the national media as well as fans. Right. um, In my opinion. And definitely recruiting. Yes. Definitely different from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Like this felt like a coup this time. Like it, like when he, like it felt like Marcus Freeman. It would have felt like that with you and I. Yes. But but not. not, Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you can get the right guy at maybe not the ideal time. And it ends up not working out, but because I believe in timing, I think the yeah. timing of this yeah. is perfect. Yeah, me too. It was perfect for Notre Dame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Benjamin says, I saw a different Notre Dame team in the bowl game. How can the coaches and players take that into the offseason and put in the work to go and get a title or change the mindset? So I, I don't agree with that, Benjamin. Here's Here's the problem. When you just look at a game, without any context around it, you can maybe put more on that game than you otherwise should. I don't think Notre Dame was any better against Oregon State than they were against USC or Wake or Pitt or it, I mean Navy yeah. or, you know what I mean, like NC State. Like, they were pretty good at other times this year. The problem is they couldn't do it back to back to back. To, I mean, they couldn't string those type of games together. Sure. Right. And and when you think of and I said this coming into the game, this is the reason that I thought Notre Dame would win. They won way more convincingly than I thought they would, although you thought it was going to be a not a close game. Right. And I think you told me before the game, like 30 to 30, seven or 31, something like seven. that. Right? 31 something seven like that, is my yeah. guess. Yeah. But the, the reason why is because, as I said in the show the day before the game, Notre Dame's losing Joe Walt and losing, but they're replacing them with other dudes. Yes. Oregon State's not. Right. They're not exactly. replacing those guys mm-hmm. with similarly talented players, just less experienced versions of them, right? right? Where Notre Dame was. I mean, in some instances, like what was fascinating is Notre Dame had what was like seven new starters on offense. Like five of them were higher ranked recruits than the guys they were replacing. <laughs> and then one of them that wasn't was a top 100 guy and a top 100 guy. But the guy leaving, Blake Fisher, was just higher in the top 100 than Tosh Baker, who was just number 100. Yeah. Like, that's not happening at Oregon State. So we need to not make too much of this game because what this game does not tell us is that Notre Dame can string together those type of performances. That's the key. Now, that doesn't mean they can't build on the bowl game and the way the season ended, Vince. It, But it's like, but you've got to sure. build on it. It doesn't like I don't think it was a different team. They played an inferior opponent who was missing the vast majority of their best players. Yes, sure. And that does, again, I'm not trying to poo-poo the win at all. But again, you don't hold Oregon State to two yards rushing if their three starting offensive linemen played and Damian Martinez played. Right. Just don't. That doesn't mean they would have run all over you. It just means you wouldn't have held them to two. Right. I mean, that's just that that. It's okay to say that and still say, but I still think the way Notre Dame played, they would have won much more. They would have won convincingly. It just wouldn't have been 48. Right. Maybe it would have been 31 to 17. Just a very good win over the number 19 team in the country if they were at full strength. Right. So, but again, it doesn't answer the biggest question about this team is can they do it consistently? Can they do it on the biggest stages? And with all due respect, the Sun Bowl against a lot of their roster not playing Oregon State team is not the same stage as Ohio State or even Louisville or USC or Clemson. Right. 
And that's still the unanswered question. So now the preparation, the focus, the mindset that went into how they looked in that game, build on that. But we saw that at other, we saw that against USC a week after seeing a team that wanted no business being on, wanted no part of being on the field against Louisville. A week later, that's an inspired football team that wanted to whoop USC's butt. Why such a change in a matter of a week? That's the thing that Marcus Freeman's got to figure out. And I think he will. And I think that's part of the reason that they're bringing in some new blood because they know that there's still a mindset change that has to happen in this program. Right. There's still some of that soft-mindedness that was here from the previous guy that still lingers a little too much in the program. And some of that needs to be processed out. Just does. Can he fix that? Find out. But I don't I don't think we should take too much out of the bowl game from Agreed. this standpoint. Nothing we saw against Oregon State means national title team that we didn't already know about when this team is focused. When this team is focused, they blew out NC State, they blew out Navy, they blew out Pitt. They didn't even play well in the first quarter against Pitt and won 58 to 7. They blew out Wake Forest, they blew out Stanford, they blew out USC. This is a team that scored over 40 points in nine of their wins, including this one. This wasn't new. It's can you string it together? Right. That's the unanswered question. And we're not going to get an answer to that one for quite a while. Correct. As in eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. All right. D troll hunter. uh, Thanks for the super chat. The cost of attending these expanded playoff games was getting, was, is getting absurd. A real shame for the fans. When he was actually at, the Washington Texas game. Oh, so this okay. isn't someone giving you an opinion based on what he read somewhere. He gotcha. went to one of these games and he experienced it. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. I, I look, I can't take my family to a game, even a regular season game, uh, to places. I can't do it. It's it's not possible. And so I don't. I mean, to be perfectly, and that's any professional sport. If I'm being honest with you, the teams I follow, the tickets are outrageous. Cubs, Bears, yeah. you know, Notre Dame. There's just no. There's no. Right possible way to do that and then you add in the fact that it's a a playoff game and airfare or or hotel or all of those different things not a chance there's Mm -hmm. no way yeah it's hard so i get it especially now next year if you're a diehard fan and you want to follow notre dame potentially Mm -hmm. or whoever for four straight games that's gonna take up you're just gonna pick and choose which games you want to go to really yeah because i mean you're gonna take a month off of work to go to four yep. straight games. I mean, it, it, that would be extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Pick and choose, I guess. You know? DMND13, what are the chances the All-American Bowl guys move up in the rankings? Can anyone get a fifth star? Sounds like people are loving KBA and Bryce. Hope so. I mean, I hope they all. I mean, Kedron Young's been pretty good, too, although these are not great environments to... Uh, um, you know, for a running back necessarily to sure. to thrive in, but yeah, um, I've I've heard they've all done well. I would like to see them; those two guys go get more fifth star rankings. That'd be nice. When do they do the final like rankings for twenty four? Over the next month, That's once it. all okay. the all star games are done. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Aiden Reagan, what are the biggest improvements coaching wise you guys are looking for in twenty twenty four? It's a good question, Aiden. I like this one. Offensively, I want to see more toughness up front. Not that they weren't, but I just want to see them be a little bit more butt kickers up front. Uh, the the overall footwork up front needs a lot needs to get a lot better, uh, in my opinion. Route running 
at receiver needs to get a lot better. I'm encouraged by what I what I believe Coach Brown has already done and will continue to do. You need better decision making at quarterback. That's part coaching. That's not all on the quarterback. Sure. That's part coaching. Sure. Defensively, uh, I'd like to see things where the defensive line is is even a little bit more consistently allowed to be vertical in its attack. You know, be more aggressive. It's not a lot of improvements coaching wise that I really want to see outside of that on defense. I mean, they are pretty flipping good this year. I think there's a couple little things. Honestly, my my beefs with Al Golden are more just that's not how I would personally do it if I was a head coach. I, I don't know that I would necessarily like that type of defense. That's more of a personal preference. It's no different than saying I like a 3-4 versus a 4-3, whatever. But the results are outstanding. I mean, they were outstanding this year. And and so I don't have a lot of – I mean, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, on defense, make sure you get the younger guys to play the same way you did the veterans. I mean, that would be the sure. big thing. Keep it going. Let's keep doing what you're doing. You know, running back. The one thing I'd like to see is a little bit more consistency in pass pro. That's the one nitpick I have about the running back room. They were a little inconsistent this year in pass pro. Some games they're really good. Some games they weren't. And so that would be my one thing I'd like to see from Coach McCullough's group next year. It's just a little bit more consistently effective in pass pro. That would be it. Wide receiver get-offs, moves at the line. That That's a big one for me. Um, but again... I felt good about the way things went in the bowl game. So I'm hoping that is a trend in the right direction. Uh, so I'm not going to retread some of the stuff that you said, you know, moving your feet at contact for the offensive line, continuing to move your feet through contact is going to be a big one. You kind of mentioned that one. Um, you know, I thought the linebackers did a much better job of not taking on blocks this, this season. So a continued effort in that vein, because it wasn't good year one, it was much better year two. Let's continue that as a coaching point year three is what yeah. I would say. Yeah. So. Dig it. Jimmy James, do you foresee any coaching changes this offseason for Notre Dame? Maybe. Possible. Yeah. Possible. I mean, I don't, I don't have any that I'm – they're on my radar now, but there's going to be NFL – look, I'm telling you right now, NFL teams are going to reach out this offseason, I guarantee it, to Al Golden, Mike Mickens, Chris O'Leary, Al Washington, Dela McCullough. Yeah. guaranteed those five are going to get contacted by NFL teams. Does that mean they're going to leave? No, it doesn't because NFL teams reached out to Mike Mickens last year, Dylan McCullough last year, Chris O'Leary last yep. year. Yep. I don't know coach Washington all that well. So I don't, maybe they did with him as well. I don't know, but I well, promise Marcus Freeman made a comment that, that every coach was at least contacted by either a college or an NFL team in the sure. season. I'm not worried about I'm not worried as much about them leaving for other colleges. Fair enough. Unless they're getting coordinator jobs. Yeah. Which a lot of those are being kind of they're already swept up. out. Right. Does that mean any of them will leave? No, not necessarily. It just depends on who and how much they're offering. I mean, so it's possible. Uh, I just don't know who that would be right now. Yeah. Yep. We got about a month, uh, yep. a month and a half to really kind of if you're really worried about it, to sweat that out. You know what I mean? Um, because that's how long it's gonna take. Mike, ready? If Freeman has identified Mike Mickens as the next DC, would it be better for Notre Dame if he left for a year or two to become a Group of Five DC first to gain experience if Golden stays? Uh, first of all, Mike, I got your email yesterday. I will. I've read that. I will respond to you here over the next day or so. I've just been really, really busy, so I do appreciate the email, and I will be reaching. I will be following back up with you here uh, over the next couple of days. But to answer your question, no, I don't think so. I, Vince, you know my stance on this, man. It's what I said when when they promoted Clark Lee. I said, look, if you got the chops, you got the chops. And Mike Mickens is 
been on some good teams with some good defensive coordinators. If he can't run a defense with the help of Marcus Freeman and the rest of the defensive staff now, it means he doesn't have the chops. Right. And so going to some group of five schools, not necessarily going to help him with that a ton. It's just going to be a different animal. I mean, he's had a role in, I mean, he's been studying under a veteran defensive coordinator the last two years. He worked under Mike uh, or Marcus Freeman for a year, worked under Clark Lee for a year in 2020. He's worked under some good defensive coaches. If he's ready, he's ready. And, and I would much rather him stay here, continue to recruit the players here, know the players here, maybe get a pass game coordinator role, something to pay him more and keep him here. And then when coach golden is ready to move on, he steps into that role either as co-coordinator or just a full-time coordinator. And then Marcus Freeman can help bring him along. See, that's the advantage, Mike, that you have with Coach Freeman being the head coach is you have a head coach more capable of kind of bringing you along and helping you along than you would if, like, let's say, you know, Brian Kelly, even though Brian Kelly was a D coordinator back in the day, he's more of an offensive-minded coach now. Lincoln Riley being your head coach, right? Like, you have a great resource right there that can help you kind of learn on the, cause here's the thing about being a first time coordinator. There's just thing. There's just, there's the, 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 I don't knows. And I didn't know that I didn't know that Vince. I mean, I know when yeah, you became exactly. a head baseball coach, right? Like it's, it's one thing to, you know, Hey, I think about this, this, and this, but there's just things are going to pop up that you just didn't think about. Right. Yep. Like I've, I've been thinking about running my own business for years and I had a plan. I mean, you know how oh, detailed yeah. my plan was when I right. left BGI to, to start my own thing. I, I'd been planning this for a long time yep. and I was that way as a coach. But even then first month, I didn't think about this. I think about that. I think about this. I, you know, it's just always part of the deal. Always. But when you can have someone like Marcus Freeman who can say, Hey, look, just so you know, you need to be thinking about this. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. You have someone that's done that job that, that, at that very school that can kind of help you learn the, 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 I don't knows. I didn't know that I didn't know that. Right. Where if, you know, you're working under maybe more of an offensive minded coach, there's things he can help you with, but he's an offensive guy. It's just a different animal on offense versus defense and, and vice versa. So that, that would be the reason I'd say no Yeah, is I think that again, if you have the chops, you have the chops. Now, would it be ex- a good experience for him to do that? Absolutely. It'd be a good sure. experience for him, but it's also a good experience staying at Notre Dame, playing on the big stages I anticipate Notre Dame playing on and doing the things that he would do, right? That If yep. anything, the, the thing that I think would be beneficial if Mickens wanted to leave for a couple of years is go to the NFL for a year or two and then come back. But I don't want to see him leave at all. Like I don't know. either. I, I don't want to get the drop-off in recruiting and the drop-off in player development at that position yeah. specifically. Agree. Uh, in the amount of time that he would be gone. Like that, that's enough of a reason for him to stick around for me is I just don't want to see that gap in recruiting and development at the cornerback position. Because if you want to be a championship level team, you better be damn good at corner. And yep. with Mike Mickens at the helm of the cornerback position, they're going to be damn good at corner. You just kind of assume it. Yeah, exactly. And right? maybe that's, I mean, that's the that's the first world problem, I guess, kind of a deal. Yeah. But like, that's what I assume is going to be the case as long as he's here. And I don't want to give him to somebody else for two years as a rental. Because you may not get him back. Bring him back. Exactly. And I get him you back. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe he super impresses whatever group of five team he goes to, and they elevate him to head coach. Or, or let's say he's he, you, you know, hey, look. Golden coach golden wants two more years. So let's get you to, you know, let's have you go to Troy with Jared Parker and run their defense for a couple of years. And then you come back when well, he goes and does a great job. And then just like that, Bama comes and offers after one right. year. Right. 
Right. And it was, you know, no, I'm going to wait for Notre Dame to maybe right. hire me in a year. Yeah, no. Right? Like, no. Keep them here. You just don't know yeah. what the what the scenario yep. is going to be, and there's too much out of your control once you let him go. Yep. Um, I, I just – that's too much question mark for me, man. Like, I want to keep him in-house. Agree. Sloppy Joe Holstein is in the portal. The cow? Isn't there a Holstein cow? Or Eli that... Holstein, the kid oh, from okay. Bama. The favorites are Pitt. Pitt never offered him out of high school. Brian, do you think Nards is NILing after complaining about it? Well, look, here's the thing. I, he should. He should be trying to take advantage of it. You can think the system is flawed, but understand that if I want to yeah. stay employed, I need to take yep. advantage of the system and use the system. Like this whole notion of, and, and I'm not saying Sloppy Joe, you're saying this. I, I see this from others. Well, you said you didn't like NIL, so you shouldn't be complaining about it now. Or or you shouldn't be using it now. Or you've used NIL, so you can't complain about it. Nonsense. This is the rule. And if I'm going to survive, I need to live in that universe, but still think this universe sucks. Right. Right. Like that's the reality of it. And so he should be using NIL. Now, I don't know if he's doing it with Eli Holstein. I have no idea. I, look, what well, all these highly ranked kids are finding out that leave after a year. I mean, Malik Murphy's left after two and everybody's like, you know, he's going to be a hot commodity. He went to Duke. Right. I mean, Malachi Nelson just took a visit to Boise State. Right. Like, because if you're going to go to the port for a quarterback, you want a proven guy. Right. Now, for a team like Pitt, it's smart to go after one of these guys that maybe isn't as hot of a commodity now as he was a year ago when he was a five star recruit. And all. First of all, Eli Holstein should have never been a five, five star recruiter, top 100 recruit. He was very overrated. But he's got some tools. And for a place like Pitt, you take a chance on a guy like that because you're not going to get a kid with that kind of arm strength at Pitt outside of this scenario. Right. Maybe he pans out and he's a good player and maybe he doesn't, but take a chance on a guy like this. If they have to buy him, whatever. It's not like there's a salary cap. Hey, here's right. the thing. If you if you as long as you have the resources to give these kids these money, you don't have to worry as much about well, the kid didn't pan out or we've locked up this amount of dollars so a kid is not good. It's not like the NFL where you have a salary cap. You give Russell Wilson a m- bunch of money, you're kind of screwed because you don't now don't right. have the money to give other players. That's not how it works in NIL. So uh, they should get involved in it, and but that if he's doing it now, still keep complaining about it. Right. Still keep complaining. Absolutely, about it. and he should. Be. It's still a broken. It's it's yeah. still a broken system. The way that we're using it. I'm a big nil supporter, big supporter, but the way we're doing it now, we're just paying kids to come here. That's not what it was meant to be, in my opinion. That's that's not how it should be. And the tampering that's going on. That was his biggest issue. It wasn't nil? Yeah. It was the tampering, like Jordan. Addison was basically recruited to go to USC while he was still playing for Penn. Oh, yeah. Way before. Like That's it was wrong. And everybody knew it. Right. Everybody knew where he was headed before he even jumped in the portal. Right. Like the season was still going on, I believe. Carmel Humphrey, Avery Johnson, KSU versus Jason Bean, KU is going to be a fun battle to watch next well, year. Jason Bean might be playing wide receiver next year because i still believe jalen daniels is still the anticipated starting quarterback for kansas next year i don't believe he's transferring and i don't believe he is going to the nfl where's our resident ku fan? yes um he's getting ready for the five o'clock show tonight <laughs> by the way reminder that there is the five o'clock show tonight that's right but i believe jalen daniels is still their starter if he's healthy because they were already starting to process jason bean out the receiver in the, the yeah when when uh jalen got hurt so that that'll be 
I think that kid could play in the NFL at a, at a receiver. He's a very athletic kid. He's not a natural quarterback. I mean, even the game, the bowl game, he threw for all those yards, six touchdowns, still threw three picks. You know, it's just you get him and Jalen on the field together, that can that's, be dynamic. Yeah, you get some dynamic uh, parts of that. Yeah, yeah and, sure. and that's why I say coaching matters. You, you don't do what Kansas has done on, in, in under Lance Leopold just because you got better Jimmys and Joes. It's, yeah. it's not Wait. how it happened. Hey, we talked about it last night. We we brought up a uh, way too early top 25. Mm-hmm. Kansas checked in at number 25. Should. Brian. Yeah. Should. So, yeah. Whose top 25 was it? Uh, Bleacher Report, I think. Oh. You know, I, I, it was just, it, it's fodder really to talk about. for subjects last night. It huh? was, hey, man, I was writing the questions. So, yeah. Uh, but no, it was, it was Bleacher fodder Report. to talk about. Why don't you do Deadspin uh, next? We'll talk about something oh, that Deadspin wow. reported. Wow. In all seriousness, though, they just went nine and four. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like, I think they didn't they they went six and seven the year before, right? Started off really well, collapsed at the end, but had a lot of competitive games. This year, they started to learn to win some of those games, right? And and went went lost four games, lost to Oklahoma State by a touchdown, lost to Texas Tech by three, lost to Kansas State by four. Like, they had some games they flat out could have won. So that's a good football team. I love the job Lance Leopold is doing there, man. Iden, when will Landon, uh, SC coach, start working with the team? As soon as they Land- get back from winter Land- break. Landau, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As soon as they get back from winter break. Yeah, which would be soon, I think. This um, next week, yeah. Pretty I sure believe. it's next, next week. week or two. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Dylan McCullough. Oh, Dea. D- Dea McCullough, which is Dylan McCullough's son, is in the transfer portal. Oh, second youngest, the, right? Because the they have possibility. the they have the three that are older, and then they got the really young son. Okay, right? I know that one was at St. Joe High School. He was a senior That's last Dea. year. That's Dea. Is that, is that who that was? Yeah, okay. and then they have another son who might be still in elementary school. Oh, okay. Like really young son. So that's the gotcha. four. Okay, and then. Deland is the one that's at Oklahoma now, and and then there was the the oldest one. So I just don't think he's quite a Notre Dame caliber player. This is the kid that was local but played here. Correct. Okay, yeah, I he's agree a with good you. football player. Yes, I just think he's more of an IU, yep, Purdue type of guy. Agreed. And now, play, could yeah. he come to Notre Dame and be a depth guy? Sure, but I don't know that I would want to bring my kid to a place that. I don't know that he could definitely go be a starter for now. The academic piece would be interesting, but he could go to Northwestern and start, you know, and get a good degree instead of coming to Notre Dame and and yeah. make, and then what if his dad leaves in a year, you know, or something like, you know what I mean? Like, so uh, they didn't recruit him out of high school. And I don't, I don't I haven't heard anything about one way or the other about him this time. Right. I, I mean, he was in their backyard. Yeah. I personally wouldn't go after him. But I also don't think it'd be a dis, you know disaster if they did. He's sure. a solid. He'd be a solid player. He'd be a you know good depth player, good special teams player. That he'd bring some value. Just when it's a coach's kid, I would I would rather he be a guy that like can really play. Sure, like, you know if you're gonna bring him here. Yep. So that that's kind of my two cents on it. And I mean I'd like, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Iden with another question. One thing I think missing in our offense is a little tempo. I feel like we never do it. And many times we let the D read us better. Not saying run and gun, but at least some tempo when we're rolling. 
Well, I mean, I'm I, Ryan and I have talked about this, Vince. You know my stance. You and I agree on this. You you need to be able to mix up tempos. Yeah, like you do. You need to be able to mix up tempos in games. I just this is the the reality. I don't think you can go slow all the time. And if you're going to go slow, you need to move more. That's my that's my belief. You need to move more. And so, I mean, I, I'm also not someone who wants to go 100 miles an hour. Right. Just be able to mix up your tempos. And that was one of my issues with Coach Dembrock, and I didn't have many and when he was here last time, is they, they, they didn't go fast enough for a team that didn't have a lot of formational flexibility. Having said that, when you break down a Cincinnati and LSU film, you see a lot more formational versatility than you saw in 15, 14, 15, and 16 in Notre Dame. They do, they'll mix up 12 and 11 and just do a lot more things that you're like, okay, now I dig that, right? Like, so maybe that was a Brian Kelly thing because it was true before and after Mike Dembrock was the OC as well. So it could have been that. Uh, but yeah, if you're, if you're going to go slower, you need to move more. You need to do more. I mean, and that's partly why you do different personnel groupings and all that kind of sure. stuff. Cause you don't care if teams can match personnel with you. You don't care because you're not going fast. And so, uh, that would be my, that would be my two cents on that one, Vince. Cool. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm a big fan of varying because there are times when tempo is very effective. But there are also times when slowing it down is very effective. I, I, I would like to be, you know, multiple. If we're mm -hmm. talking tempo, I want to be multiple in my tempo. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's when you could be most effective for sure. Because if you're tempo all the time, defenses can combat that. If you're right. not tempo all the time, defenses can combat that. Throw, throw a little something extra at them, and then it gives the defense something even extra. Yeah. To, There's to, strengths to and limitations about. to everything you do. Absolutely. You just have to make sure you're doing as much as you can to limit right. the limit to, 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 to be better prepared to handle some of those limitations and to right. fend off against some of those limitations. That's right. the key. Right. Brandon Plensner, what 24 players, no matter the school, are you looking forward to watching in the all American game? I'll be honest with you, Brandon. I just <laughs> don't it. really care a whole lot <laughs> about this game. I don't. I mean, it just my excitement for these games has gotten less and less and less over the years. Just yeah, like it, it's it's yeah. good to be at the practices and see all that stuff, but it's just like I just I don't. Yeah, and I've had so much on my plate lately. I haven't even been able to look at the entire rosters. I'm like, hey, I'm paying somebody to go down there and cover it. He needs <laughs> that's to know who's his, down. That's his job, right? Like that's what <laughs> he needs to do. I'm not have, worried have about you, it. Have you set aside time to watch that game? I'll record it, and okay. if you know, like I may watch it, but I'll Fair record enough. it because I want to watch the Notre Dame kids. Like I'm, I am very excited to see the Notre Dame kids okay. playing the game. Gotcha. But as far as non Notre Dame kids, I just don't care as much as I used to. Like I, mean, I used okay. to, I, I can name the entire roster and just yeah, yeah, I know you could. just. I just haven't cared as much, and I'm hoping Man. I kind of get some of that fire back for it. But well, it just the way that they've done these games and 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 just well, and recruiting I don't like has how changed they run. Yeah, so much and I don't too. like how they run them anymore either. Like it just. Meaning, there's just a like, just they've cheapened it a little bit. It's yeah, now yeah. more about, I mean, it used to be where you really felt like you were getting the best of the best, and now it's just there's just so much more mess to it. And yeah, and, and just well, people that I know it. are in charge of like at yeah. 247, it's like there's just not a lot of respect for me there. Not the Notre Dame people, you know, my sure. I love those guys, but like talking about the national, people. yeah, and they hold a combine down there at the same time, which yeah. is a hundred percent money grab. Sure. Uh, based on the kids that are sure. going down there like that, I, that part rubs me the wrong way because I feel like it takes a little bit of the shine off of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that it's a hundred percent money grab. Like there's guys that 
There are kids that don't play in the NIC, which is the local conference here in town, that are quote unquote getting invited to the combine down there. Like, right. come on, man. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I guess I feel I don't like the disingenuousness uh, sure. of some of the recruiting that happens with some of these things when it's really just all about the dollars. Like I liked the way that Under Armour did it with the ESPN game. Is they would bring it was like called like the Future Fifty. Yeah, that's much right. more like. It's still a money thing, but it's like but those are legit you're, guys. You're bringing the best, of the best. You know, you, right? You, those guys, they bring hundreds of kids, and then they don't get any reps. Right, exactly. You spend all that, you go down there, you get like seven or eight reps, and that's like about all you get. You know, and you spend all the money to fly down to San Antonio and everything right. else, and it's like, I don't know, I, it just feels disingenuous yeah. to me, and I don't like it. Yeah, I agree. Gideon Rosa is Ad Mitchell. What Tobias could have been or still can be. I would say I think AD is a little bit more explosive than I think Tobias will ever be, a little bit more physical. But there's a lot of things he does that I think Tobias Merriweather should be doing more of. Yes, yeah, I, I would say that that's, that's accurate. Fair. And you know, it took him a it took him a few years to kind of get rolling too, because he's a he's a skinnier kid and he needed to get stronger and all those type of things. So, you know, but like like he, uh, you his first year, I did, actually did he? Hold on a second. Let me just find this real quick. Um, I think he was in the 21 class, right? I believe. Let me just look this up real quick. Yeah, he was in the 21 class. I mean, so he he made a quicker impact than Tobias did. But I think he's a little bit little bit more physically advanced. But they, they do some similar. I just think Adnai is, AD is just a little bit more, just more explosive than Tobias is. Tobias is more of a long strider. And uh, no, I don't think he's as I don't think Tobias is as good as him, but similar type of game than him. Certainly, certainly. Mike Haw, is it playoff or bust for Marcus in twenty four? Well, I guess it de- depends on what you mean by bust. Right. Like, he's not I mean, fire. Yeah. Like if if it's like okay, if they don't make the playoff next year, it's hard for me to envision it being a successful season. Sure, we can have that conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. Year three, twelve team playoff schedules good but not super demanding you're gonna have a lot of talent you know arguably the two best teams in your schedule are gonna be down a little bit next year in usc and florida state in texas a&m you could throw in there as well yeah i'm sorry you should be a playoff team next year oh yeah does it mean you know so if you don't make it yeah it's disappointing to a degree from what we know of teams now but if you're going anything beyond just being disappointed then then i can't go with you there right but yeah i mean look playoff needs to be i, I don't know about the whole bus thing look look you need to be competing striving to be a playoff team next year and i'll just 100%. leave it at that that's what that should be the standard in the uh, in the goals for next season that's the i hate to say it that's the floor for next year right yeah. i mean that yeah and again yeah. depends on your definition of bust he's not getting fired right. if he doesn't make the playoff right but right